All right, welcome to the latest edition of Floor Yours, an extension of five on the floor here on the Five Reason Sports Network. Thanks to our sponsors, Biscayne Bay Brewing. Make sure you ask for it by name, whether you're at a, lo- a local restaurant in South Florida or at a Publix, a Whole Foods. They've got it in all those places now. Just found out, actually, that it's a quarter deck, which is a place we're going to be telling you about a little bit more here pretty soon. Also, our great sponsor, MarkBrownPA.com, M-A-R-C, BrownPA.com. This is the guy that you want to go to. If you're doing a closing, and get you that $295 special. Um, if you just mentioned five reasons. Also, if you're doing estate planning, of course, if you're older, you want to make sure you're not going to have an issue with your estate. Or if you're young with a young family, you want to make sure that the kids are taken care of for sure. So check out markbrownpa.com. Here's the phone number, 954-566-5678, 954-566-5678. Based right in North Lauderdale, just north of Cypress Creek Boulevard, uh, which is uh, on, on Andrews, um, where the Hooters used to be. I cannot believe that Hooters is no longer there. But he's right across the street, uh, right in the Wells Fargo building, markbrownpa.com. But he can service all of South Florida. And again, big Heat and Dolphins fan. Estate planning, title, real estate, got everything in-house as an attorney. So make sure you check out markbrownpa.com. All right, let's get to it tonight. Just three of us here on uh, Floor Jours. That's so I can have the bigger screen here. Um, got Alex Toledo. We've got Greg Sylvander. A lot of stuff has been going on in the NBA in the past 24 hours. It is complete chaos. Too much. It's, you know, it's too much, almost too much to get into. Um, and we haven't potted in a couple of days. Baby. What's that? Organizational stability, baby. Swept in the first round. But anyway, we'll continue here. Um, so, uh, Calm down, Sedano. There, there's, there's, I talked to him a few times today. There's seven coach openings, I believe, now in the NBA. Uh, Rick Carlisle. Uh, is the latest to leave. He, he was the third longest tenured coach in the entire NBA, three days behind Eric Spolster in terms of their current team. And of course, Greg Popovich is first. And also, we want to mention, you should check it out, whether it's on the podcast feed, whether it's the podcast we put here on the YouTube channel, or whether it's we put all our pretty faces on here where we showed you the actual video of the podcast so that everybody can understand what the F we actually said on the pod instead of the way that we knew it was going to get aggregated Nobody said here that Eric Spolster was leaving for the Portland Trailblazers. In fact, I made it clear that that's not what I was saying. All I was saying was there have been internal discussions in Portland about trying to attract Eric Spolster as president and coach of the team. I have no indication that Eric is looking to leave, and I said that at the time. I can tell you the exact same story that I was reporting on. ESPN was working on the same damn thing. I just beat them to it. Um, and, and I've since heard in the past 24 hours that everything was accurate. So we're standing by it. The Blazers were interested in Spolstra. Who wouldn't be under the circumstances? However, our understanding is that he's not looking to go anywhere. All right, but let's get to the other um, news nuggets from today. We will read your comments. I will definitely read your comments if you pay us. So if you want to send that super chat money, we'll definitely do that. Royal's better at getting that from people than I am. Um, we want to talk about New Orleans. Thank you very much. Help my internet. Uh, we want to talk, Alex. What are you? What is this shade? Like you're uh, is like you're like the Adam Borai position now, where like you're in shade, so like nobody can see you <laughs> when you say stuff. I'm used to Adam. Like nobody knew what Adam looked like until we put him on here on the air the other day. Unless they watch Clutch Quarter, uh, and now we've got you. Um, all right, we're gonna get to the New Orleans situation. We we told you. Sort of our last episode was like watch Portland. We've talked about watch the Clippers. Now we're saying watch New Orleans, and, and here's why. This is the latest that we have, um, and I will give you some of Adam's reporting 
as well. Of course, Stan Van Gundy is out. David Griffin is on somewhat thin ice there. That's my understanding. Um, they got to build this thing around Zion soon. And there was a report today that Zion's family is not all that happy with the way that they built around him there. I don't know how accurate that is, but that was out there on the interwebs today. Um, in light of that, I have heard, and I know, now Greg, you have heard, and I know Adam has heard, that a potential Heat target in trade this offseason would be one Brandon Ingram, who recently signed a contract extension, last year's most improved player, and a player who had issues with Stan, and also I have heard doesn't feel he's a long-term fit with Zion. I've heard this from a couple of different people. Not that there's like a personality conflict, but it's just not the best possible fit. The other part of reporting we should add to this, and Adam mentioned this, that we could say this on the air here, is that I've said repeatedly that I think that the Heat are going to try to re-sign Duncan Robinson, whether to keep him or to move him, but that they're trying try to get a deal done before he hits the market. Adam has heard that Duncan basically is intent on taking the best offer, wherever it is. So, in light of that, what would you think, Greg Sylvander, of, say, trading Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and maybe trying to get that pick situation settled with Oklahoma City so that you could send a first-round pick to New Orleans? Is that a concept you like? Yes. I mean, the short answer is yes. And Ramona Shelburne, even in one of the shows today, like alluded to something like New Orleans needs to find shooters and Duncan Robinson's a free agent and maybe mm. you could prime away and you never know how much of that is tongue in cheek or what, but everybody um, faces uh, Gre- when they did that. Greg, I'm going to tell you something. It's not tongue in cheek. Ramona's doing that based on reporting. Thank you for clarifying that. I just lobbed that up there. Ali, no, that was like I'm some. Just saying, I, I know Ramon is doing that based on reporting. That's, that's way DeBron chemistry right there. But there I mean, go. listen, Brandon Ingram to me, like, I love the idea of like Ingram uh, bridges the gap between Bam's window, Jimmy's window. It kind of extends between the two. He brings a scoring element and a skill set that the team lacks. I love the idea. Um, because I think that it does not um, exclude them from being able to also pursue Kyle Lowry. So that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. You'd have to get really, really um, creative to stay below the hard cap. Lots of sign and trade ramifications here. But if you use those team options, Tyler Hero, any picks you can unlock and sign and trade Duncan Robinson, maybe in a separate transaction to uh, New Orleans for, for Brandon Ingram. And like, that's the base of a package. Like I am all for that. Alex uh, Ingram signed a $30 million a year extension, basically roughly around that number. Um, he is uh, again, he was an all-star. Um, he, uh, you know, he's a player. He's obviously a quality shooter. I mean, there were comparisons at some point that he's kind of like Durant light in terms of some of the way uh, that he plays. Let's just get into the basketball perspective of this. And then we'll get into, so he, first thing he's 23. I mean, age-wise, he's on Bam's clock, but he's also kind of on Jimmy's clock because he's an established player. I mean, he, he's accomplished things. What do you look at as the ba- – before we get into the transaction, what, the basketball fit between Bam, Brandon Ingram, Jimmy Butler, and, and Bam Adebayo? Because that's what we're talking about. It's interesting, man, because, like, when you guys first brought up the idea, and by the way, the fact that he's 23 was, was kind of surprising to me. It feels like he's a little bit older than that, but – uh, you're right. He, he is locked in at, at about 30 uh, mil and it goes all the way through 2025 where, where it gets to about 36 mil. So essentially you'd be, you'd be trading for him to come here and produce and do what he does well. 
And I think there is a role for him here. I think it makes a lot of sense. Like what Leif is saying, they're trying to bridge the two timelines because he's somebody who could help the team win now, but who fits Bam timeline down the road. I think he's a three-level scorer type guy. He's not a main playmaker type, but you don't need him to be. You know, Even though like you could look at his uh, stats and say he averaged five assists, he's somebody who... Uh, needs the ball in his hands a little bit, but you you kind of need somebody else who can do those types of things, even if they aren't necessarily a playmaker. So I think you could talk yourself into it, especially if you're bringing on Lowry. But I guess if I'm trying to look at it both ways, it's like, you know, it's it's clear that he want to look at uh, trying to get two guys here when it comes to Lowry and trying to get somebody else. I'm wondering if Ingram would get you some sort of diminishing returns if he's not getting the ball in his hands a lot and you're paying him at a huge amount because – he hasn't exactly been an off-ball player in his career. He's gotten better with the ball in his hands. So I think that's like the concern if you're trying to weigh the two Seems fairly. But it's a really interesting idea, like bringing Lowry and Ingram into the fold. I think that's a real – that's a nice core, man. It's interesting. They need a guy to give the damn ball to. Mm-hmm. But he's he, not a playmaker, so it's almost like right. you're trying to weigh the two. He's not a great defender, but he, he – there's He's things a play he's finisher, though. He's a play finisher. Yeah. They, the they don't have a lot of good at. Those. The things he's good at are things that he kind of need. So I could definitely like I. W- it's an exciting move for sure, especially if you're, you're talking about bringing him with Lowry. Like that's kind of the best of both worlds. But you are locked into that. You're right. You know what's interesting about his numbers? I, I don't think people realize, and I know New Orleans was disappointing this year, um, but also there was this perception that Ingram tanked with Zion, right? Like if you, but Zion played obviously more this year. And I'm looking at Ingram's numbers. He essentially was exactly the same player statistically that he was in the most improved season. He averaged 23.8 the year before, 23.8 this year. Uh, The rebounds and assists went down. Well, the rebounds went down from 6.1 to 4.9. He's not a great rebounder um, for size, but. I mean, he's even 200 pounds. Well, the assists went up from 4.2 to 4.9. Does it say he's not a playmate? I mean, he's a five assist guy, like you said, Alex. No, that's what I said. But like, he came into the league. There, there was wishful thinkers that thought he could play point, point guard. guard. I know, Correct. I know. Yeah. And, and and also just, again, to, just to go with the efficiency here, 47, he was 46% from three from overall last year, 47% this year on the same number of attempts, played the he same number shoot. of games, shot 38% from three after shooting 39% from three the year before, and he's an 88% free throw shooter. So from, from just from, as, I mean, his, score, his shooting splits. The profile is, is what's up. I mean, 47, 38, and 88, averaging 24 on pretty high volume. Like, And Jeff Swartz is his agent, who uh, the Miami Heat now. I have a relationship with. Yeah. I, no, I, I, exactly. Well, that, that's why I'm saying, like, I, if you look at profile, age profile, the fact that they need a score, somebody who can take the burden off Bam and Jimmy. Now, the one thing I've heard about Ingram, he's not an alpha. I mean, he's not – um, you know, we talk about about Bam not being an alpha. That Jimmy's an alpha. He's he's not he's not he's an like alpha. He's like Bam. He's like Bam, but he's also a little bit. He reminds me of somebody that the Heat traded for at a roughly the same age, Jamal Mashburn. Um, I I that's what. Thank you, Justin. Good evening, my my depth guy, Ethan. Hello, Alec, Greg, and Alex. Shout out to Mary, Isaiah, Alex, and Porter. There you go. Okay, appreciate. We'll take you can map me as much as you want, JW, as long as you send in that money. Um, I will say I, I will say this though. Again, if you look at Mashburn, the profile when they got him, score, trying to play with other stars in Dallas. I mean, at that time, it was Kidd and Jimmy Jackson, right? Came to Miami, known as a little bit more of a beta than an alpha-type personality. The only time Mash was an alpha was in that playoff series against the Heat after he was traded, right? Yeah. Um, 
it fits that profile. But again, if Jimmy is your alpha, it does <clears throat> does it matter that much? And, and could Jimmy bring that out of Brandon Ingram? I guess is the other question. I like the idea of Jimmy molding Brandon Ingram as he continues to develop as a player and mature and kind of take on more and more. Um, so, you know, I'm all for that idea. I also like, I remember when the, the Zach Levine idea got thrown around and everyone talked about, well, you know, all he would have to do is come here and score the basketball. I think there's an element of Brandon Ingram, maybe not to the same degree that would be able to kind of focus on that element of his game in a way that would allow Jimmy and Bam to be who they are, which is not that kind of volume offensive player. So uh, I, I just love the idea from that perspective, and I'd be interested to see. Um, you know, there's a lot of tricky rules with base year compensation with Duncan Robinson mm. and matching salaries, and you have two over the cap teams, so you may need to recruit a third team with space to make it work. There's lots of tricky stuff there, so lots to iron out. But um, I one of the more intriguing possibilities that we've talked about, and it would not become on a down bad episode. <laughs> no, well, we've had a few of those. And Alice, I want to get like to you it. in a sec. I want to get to you in a second, but another part of this, though, of course, you know, there's the OKC uh, pick that I still think they're going to need to unlock to make this thing happen. But also, there's the David Griffin factor. I mean, because I think it's more likely a trade happens if Griff is there than if he isn't there. And I've heard mixed things about Karen where that situation is going right now. And so, I, you know, that's why so much of this is hypothetical because there's like 10 organizations in the league that we don't know who's running them right now. Like, right, whether it's the coach, whether it's the GM, you don't really know who's in charge. I mean, we talked about Masai, and we'll get to Alfredo's comment in a second. We talked about Masai, and that was going to be a big issue with Toronto and Lowry, and then Masai like quietly re-upped. Like, that was going to be this big issue, and he just, he just re-signed with him. Alfredo's comment, let's be clear, Ingram is poor with ball pressure. He asked for a ton of resets, so he needs more touches than Spo is used to giving. I mean, that's a good question. Alex, can they make Brandon Ingram their alpha scorer through most of the game, but the ball's in Jimmy's hands at the end? Is, is that, I mean, would that be the formula here? Well, I mean, I don't necessarily think you got to even kind of go through that thought exercise. I just think they need somebody with his skill set. And like I said, I, I was trying to weigh kind of the pros and cons because if it was that much of a home run, then the Pelicans wouldn't be looking to trade this lockdown guy. <laughs> Good call. You know, and I'm not trying to trap Ingram at all. I think it's actually like somebody we hadn't thought about. And I think it's a pretty good idea, especially if you're throwing him into a win-now situation with Lowry, Jimmy, Bam. You know, just not that Lowry is a given or anything like that. Yeah. Just like when we're trying to imagine something like that, because we know they're trying to make a, a, a big move, a big swing like that. It makes a lot of sense. It's like that's something you could work off. And I think, you know, shout out to Ben, always the, I think, the best commenter, in my opinion, from our shows, who said, you know, he's the guy who you can who can get you the Orca after having acquired him. I'm like, that's, that's true. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's a very tradable contract if you're trying to then get in the game with somebody else. It doesn't work out. But outside of that, Jimmy could be the closer. Ingram doesn't have to be the closer in the sense of having the ball in his hands and, and making a play for people because that's not what I think his strength is other than, like, getting to spots in the mid-range and stuff like that, which, by the way, the Heat need. But, like, there's going to be shots created for him as well with the type of playmaking you're talking about between Jimmy Bam and hopefully a guy like Kyle Lowry. So I just think, uh, like, having that many different weapons on the floor you don't have to necessarily pick one and it just takes so much pressure off of jimmy and bam to be those guys and that's really what it comes down to for me good comment from talking movies ingram is pretty lethal on this pin down screens you know the other thing when you mention lowry you start to see the thing come together 
it's an interesting mix of ages here because you'd have Bam and and because I think this is how they want to layer it. They, they'd have Bam and Ingram, you know, twenty three. They'd have Lowry and Jimmy a little bit more advanced in age. Maybe Dragic comes back also. So you've got a little of that. But let me ask you the question now. Let's look at the compensation issue. We'll read this from Corbs. What are the chances of the Heat landing Spencer Dinwiddie for a reasonable price? That's some name we talked about that they had they, interest in. They like him. Before they like the deadline, him. they like him I just a lot. think that there's other options that are going right. to be prioritized. Right. I, I, I'm with you. But they have liked him. I mean, we, they were interested in him at the deadline. And I know we were trying to figure out kind of why just from a contractual standpoint and everything else. But – uh, they like his versatility, and I think they like his personality. They, he fits what they want um, at that position where he can play both spots, and, and he's tough. Uh, but with, with that said, I mean, what would the rest of this thing look like? Like, let's say, I mean, first thing, Lonzo Ball I don't think is going to be back in New Orleans either. I mean, and no. we've talked about Steven Adams before. So this is potentially something that could Well, and you could see them bigger. moving there. Yeah, I was gonna say you could see them moving Eric Bledsoe without a blink, right. uh, without blinking an eye either. So it's like they have a lot of. Um, that's why I feel like, and Adam was in the comments talking about this needs to be a three or four team deal. He's probably right. Probably that like that's the kind of seismic amount of contracts that are going to move around in, in a trade like this. Um, and it's just it's interesting to think about from their perspective. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done uh wanting shooting and Miami having Duncan and Hero which are two like headlining like kind of uh, Duncan obviously is a shooter and Hero is thought of as a guy who can get hot and definitely from the edges it can be lethal and from Miami's perspective like just so you guys know they like Max Struess I don't know if all mm -hmm. the fans like Max Struess they think that they can mold Max Struess into a shooter that catch and shoot player and stuff like that so um, I wouldn't be surprised if he would fall uh, in one of those shooting roles on the roster as a low-cost well, option. Jimmy likes Max Drews, too, I can tell you. Um, Ethan, <laughs> Greg, and Alex, what would, what would the trade look like, and what would our guess of the starting lineup with Ingram be? Well, that's the question, right? Okay, so yeah. Hero and Robinson would be the headliners. That would be the assumption, again, as you mentioned. I think those are two pieces that, that New Orleans would likely want. And, and, and I think to this point, okay, before I continue on this, I think this is what we're going to see this offseason. As you see all these coaching changes around players like Jason Tatum, Luka, Zion, Dame, okay? I think what you're just going to see is you're going to see organizations identify the one guy, pretty easy to identify because it's going to be their primary all-star, the one guy they're building around and reshuffle everything else. I think you're going to see that in Portland. I think you're going to see it in Boston. I think you're going to see it in Dallas. I think you're going to see it in New Orleans. I think that's where this thing is headed. It's identified sort of the same way at Pat, Jimmy and Bam. There, some of that's going on here. I think these. I think when you're looking at who your two, one or two core guys are, and then it's just shuffle the decks around them. And so I think a lot of good players. I think Jalen Brown could be had potentially this offseason. I think C.J. McCollum potentially could be had. We've talked about Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. Miles Turner. Miles Turner in Indiana. Okay. What about Sabonis? 
Well, Brasley Brogdon, because I think Sabonis is their core guy. Like, I think that's what you're going to see this offseason is identify the one guy, maybe two guys, and that's it. And there's this is going to be, to me, one of the craziest offseasons we're ever going to see. you got a lot of new coaches, a lot of new general managers who are going to want to put a stamp on things. And just to, just to piggyback off that one second is that it's good that all this coaching shakeup is happening on June in mid June mm-hmm. and not right before free agency, because it allows organizations to like get that figured out. Cause what you don't want to do is go into free agency with a bunch of teams with no coaches that don't know the way they're going to play and how they want to roster construct. And then you paralyze like, you know, a fourth of the league because they have no coaches. So it's good that that's all out in the open now. Adam with a good point here. Uh, only Duncan could go to new Orleans. That's why I said three or four team trade plus, Say Duncan gets signed for twenty million, it'll only count as ten million for New Orleans. That's the base year compensation. Correct. So Duncan has to be traded salary separately from any other Correct. contracts in a bigger deal. Correct. It would just be like trade. understood that that was going to take place as part of all the transactions. That hap- That has happened before. Um, this one comes in with Dietrich. I love Miles Turner for the Heat. I don't know. If Bam that, don't. Bam don't. I, I think that's that's. I think that's the issue there. Uh, that's unless something's changed, which this stuff can always change. Are we really interested in Drummond? They are. I'm not saying it's their number one priority, but they they were interested in him before. They will circle back to him as an option. Pat wants a big. So I do think depending on where the price is. Anybody but him, please. We're uh, giving you the names we hear, folks. That, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, they're going to change. And like I said, I mean, when, when there are three coaches fired or residing a day. <laughs> yeah, okay? I mean, this stuff I, changes. I mean, I mean it, you know, we're not going to be totally odd to everything that's Are we sure Spoh's still in Miami? He's staying in Miami, but I can't, I can absolutely tell you that Portland and I'll just elaborate on this because I got, there's other reporters working on this. Okay. With bigger names than me. And I can tell you that, you know, they've been hearing this stuff for the past couple months. I just got it nailed down enough that I wanted to go with it a couple days ago, but I can tell you that there, there are people inside the Blazer organization who thought if we just throw enough money at him in the president's title, we'll get him. My understanding is that, even that would not be enough. Okay. So that's basically it. Also, before we go on, I want to say a couple of words here about some other heat matters. Um, first, RIP to Ron Culp, um, the family of Ron Culp, who was the, uh, not just the trainer, but the traveling coordinator for the heat for 35 years. I got to know uh, Ron a little bit. I was covering the team. Um, we used to have this running joke. He would make fun of what I was wearing that day, pretty much on a daily basis. He would seek me out in the locker room. Uh, funny guy, sense of humor. And obviously, um, you know, worked with pretty much most of the heat greats uh, or all the heat greats, you know, up until a certain point when Jay Sable took over. So I, I did, I did want to mention that also we haven't really discussed this, but a couple of guys reported it's accurate. You know, Jimmy Butler, not going to participate in the Olympics. I think that, or with, with the U S I think that's for the best. Uh, we'll see where bam uh, comes down on that. All right, let, let's cycle back before we finish here. And again, our sponsor is Mark Brown, PA.com. Check that out for titles estate planning, anything else along those lines. And, of course, Biscayne Bay Brewing. Of course, prizepicks.com. Use that code 5. Get yourself a bonus. Um, I got a couple in for tonight. I actually won last night. Um, the question on this. Uh, heat expert, heat, Ingram fits two needs. Three-level scorer. We, we agree on that, Alex. You've talked about the need for a three-level scorer. And a final solution to a small ball four next to Bam. Is he uh, – you mentioned he's only 190, 195 pounds. Like, he's, he's kind of like – that's why I say, like, Durant Light. He's – is he is he big enough to play the four next to Bam? Are you still? I guess if Ariza was right, then but he's not a Jay Crowder type. Well, that's the thing, and you know we're. I was thinking about like what what a lineup would look like, you know, uh, and I'm thinking about a lineup with Lowry, Jimmy, Ingram, Ariza, Bam, 
And that's that's kind of interesting to me uh, because I don't know if Ingram – like, I think he could play him at the four throughout stretches of the game. And, you know, it's everything's going to be matchup-based when you're talking about winning at the highest levels. But it could definitely be a matchup problem if you're putting him against – you're trying to put him on bigger guys when you're talking about – uh, I don't know. I guess the East doesn't have all the big-name wings that the West does. But just look at the Brooklyn Nets, right? Like, any of those guys could be a matchup problem for Ingram. He hasn't exactly been a great defender in the league. He's still under 200 pounds. But he's also still only 23 years old. Like mm-hmm. the Heat have been known to bring uh, the best defensive years out of guys in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case here. But it is, you know, just like with anybody else. I think it's just going to be a matchup thing. I think he's more of a three. You could play him a four for stretches, but you just kind of have to make sure if you do if you do something like this where you get Lowry and Ingram, you got to make sure you get the right pieces around them. But let me throw this have- at you, Alex. Let me throw yeah. this at you. Let's say it's a, it's an Andre Drummond. Or a Steven Adams. Why? I, I know you hate the idea, but I, I'm just, I'm I, just, I just want to talk about it from a lineup structure perspective. I don't see Ingram as the answer as the four. Honestly. Well, that's what, that, that's what I'm asking. So so let's say it's Drummond or someone. The worst idea is starting Ingram at the three with two bigs and one of them who can't, who could only be in the paint. Okay. No, well, no, that was no. The, I my question that's... is that is that not feasible for you? Uh, so so you're saying you have you need you still need a guy like Ariza. It could be it could, if you're gonna play a big next to Bam, which look, I'm I still gotta see it, and I know you, you reported it, but I would just be shocked if Spo were to, you know, even if they do they almost did like it. One, they 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 went but after I'm him. about playing with a big like okay. Stephen Adams or Drummond because that's okay. the thing that's like I can't even imagine Spo doing that. And if you are gonna right. like go with the idea of that, it makes sense to you know keep Duncan in that sense. But it, it just like. I got to see it before I believe it when it comes to Spo starting those guys together. I don't mind the idea of a Steven Adams or even a Drummond, who I'm not a fan of as a backup five. That's a completely different story. But mm. playing them together, I think you got to find the right big who can play next to him. And I don't think either of those two guys are the answer, to be honest. Let, let me ask you this question, Greg. Uh, another name that's been mentioned, I know our friend uh, Giancarlo loves this idea. Uh, and we're getting some other names like Batum, Rudy Gay. I think all of these could be possibilities as sort of plug and play, you know, Jeff fours Green? with experience like Ariza. I've always liked Jeff Green. PJ Tucker? I, I, they, I, I well, you know my feelings there. I but I will, but I'll but I'll say uh, well, here's one question. As a higher premium type forward, if you make what makes more sense? Make a run at Harrison Barnes per se or make a run at Brandon Ingram. Harrison yeah. Barnes is a little older at this stage. Uh, he's, more, he's more he's more of a playmaker than than Ingram. Oh, is. I don't know about that. It depends on cost. It, 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 it doesn't matter. Even skill sets aside, it depends on cost. I mean, like when we're talking about Ingram to me, I don't see any reason why New Orleans is not going to do that unless they're um, getting back exactly what they really want. Like, so like he's going to probably be the best player in that deal unless it expands into something crazy. And we've seen stuff like that happen, but um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Can you guys see me? I see. Yeah, yeah, everybody froze. Sorry. It's okay. I lost my train of thought. I think it's interesting, man. Like, I think Harrison Barnes, the only reason I think it's, like, so interesting, I think Ingram is the better player in a vacuum, but you're just talking about trying to fit him next to a a team. Barnes might be the cleaner fit. I think Ingram is more of a gamble because he's like a ceiling raiser if it all works out. But What does it take to get Barnes? I mean, what does it cost? There's no way it's going to cost as much as what Ingram is going to cost. Not only that, he's he's on a big contract, but it's not nearly as big as Ingram's. And he's not that old either. What is he, 27, 28? Like, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. So um, he's, it's a different type of thing. It's not going to fit Bam's timeline or whatever in the sense that that's somebody you're going to have going forward, but that's more of a win now, 
type of fit. I feel like Barnes is a pretty good player. Ingram is just to me like you could play Harrison Barnes at the four and feel pretty good about it for the most part. Acquire another big and, and be good there. I, I'm not sure about Ingram. I think you gotta like make sure you have the other stuff solved as well if you're gonna bring yeah. on a guy like Brandon Ingram. I mean, I uh, think they'd have to use their mid-level on a big. I mean, you'd have to hope guys like Jamichael Green and um, Montrez Harrell opt out so, like, the big man market gets a little bit more robust. Uh, yeah, Har- Harrison Barnes will be 29 next year, by the way, so he's kind of right in the middle of the windows. I-, I mentioned Jamal Mashburn earlier, not not as the same type of player necessarily as Ingram completely because Mash was bigger. I mean, he was just more physical than, than Ingram was, but – there is some similarity in terms of Pat making this kind of trade. Um, Mash was 23 and averaged 24, 23.4 points for Dallas in 95-96. Um, and then obviously hit the wall a little bit there and came over to Miami. Uh, again, I can see some parallels there to that. Uh, this comes in from Brian Drake. Boogie is cheap, can shoot in tough defensive liability. Here's the thing I'll say about Boogie. Boogie was sitting out there for two months for them, right? And they waited on Dwayne Dedman to rehab. Okay, so I just right being out in Miami. Yeah, I mean he was right here. He was at Remy. I, I don't. I just don't. I, I I just don't think they have a lot of interest in 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 Boogie, or they would have done that already. Uh, this from Curtis again. Thanks to the super Just Ingram's history with blood clots lowers trade value. That's interesting, Ooh. particularly for this organization. I'm, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. We're not qualified to talk about that. <laughs> We're not, but they dealt with it once already. That's true. They dealt with it once already. And you're talking about a pretty big investment. I mean, with the the money that's left, we didn't even consider that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, Because I'm looking at the numbers here. Again, you're talking about I mean, thirty-six to, million dollars in twenty-four twenty-five. To, to be fair, know. to be fair, Ethan, though this really started with us hearing a wave of Duncan Robinson to New Orleans smoke. No, right? no, not for me, not for me. That's oh, what, okay. see, that's see, that's why I think there's something to this. I've been uh, hearing the Brandon Ingram Miami smoke. Adam and others have been hearing the Duncan Robinson New Orleans smoke. So uh-huh. it's, we're getting it from different places. And also, I am telling you, okay. I know this a thousand percent. Ramona didn't throw that out in a vacuum today. She's working that story. So I just, I, I'm telling you, like this is, and I, and I had another person, a media friend who told me they've heard some similar things, a national media friend. So there is something to this that at least something's been discussed. I'm not saying necessarily between the teams, but maybe internally on both sides. We'll see. I, I will say I know Griffin a little bit. I mean, I covered him for a couple of years in Cleveland. I know the kind of players he likes. Duncan Robinson fits the profile, but I'm just, but also, I don't know if he's going to be there. <laughs> I just, I don't know if Griff's going to be making the decision. Yeah. He could be fired so, tonight. <laughs> well, here's the other thing: there's so many coaching candidates out there with profiles who could be offered if teams want to go with the dual role thing. Would you offer Rick Carlisle, okay, president of basketball operations and coach? I mean, Rick. I mean, he hasn't won a playoff series since what? 2011 but i mean he's he's been a consistent winner in the nba right like it felt like everyone was going away from that maybe that'll become the thing that comes back you know how these things happen they go in cycles so i'm just saying you've you've got you've got him out there right now right like i mean who else is out there that's a that's a premium candidate now i mean boston i mean calipari is is throwing his name around out there just to see (laughs) what what kind of money you'll get thrown his way i mean if you're new orleans though would you throw him the the i mean he didn't work for him in the nba the last time but obviously there's a 
he, he's had he's built a very strong relationship with the NBA since since all of his players have succeeded since they've come Rick Carlisle they should go after Coach makes K. Makes a ton of sense, right? Rick Carlisle to Boston makes most sense, but what if Bud gets fired in Milwaukee and then that gets you know, that's then, true. Then that's Carlisle true. ends up. I mean, I can't remember a time where there were so many premium jobs open. Correct. Usually it's Sacramento. I mean, like Nakia <laughs> said today, he wants to see what's on Luke Walton's laptop because he's the only one who can keep his job. But but you <laughs> but you but you you look at at I mean you got a Dallas job with Luca, you've got a New Orleans job with Zion, you've got a Boston job with Tatum and Brown, you've got a Portland job with Lillard. They're all going to screw it up too. <laughs> They're all good jobs. They're all good, and you have a chance to transform it, all of those organizations when you get into them. They're all excellent jobs, honestly. Um, and you know, some guys are going to get recycled because they always do. And to be honest, some of the recycling has worked this year. Monty Williams was a recycled coach who was, had an excellent season. Tom Thibodeau is a recycled coach who had an excellent season. So I could see it. All right, let's just close here, and we're running a little bit long on this. Again, check out our sponsors, Mark Brown, PA. Dot com, pricepicks.com, use that code five. Therapistpreferred.com, use the code five reasons. I just ordered some more today. 25% off for Father's Day for sure. Look at that. Man, he's quick with it. Therapistpreferred.com, 25% off. Use five reasons for all your CBD products, whether it's the creams or the gummies or anything else along those lines. All right, let's let's finish um, here. Uh, the Brandon Ingram idea in light of some of your – Brandon Ingram, Kyle Lowry – Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Does that team contend next year? Great. Yeah. Alex, well, either. I mean, don't even ask me. Of course. <laughs> Make the right moves around those guys, and that could be a really tough team. I mean, even just having those four guys, it's a real nice core. It's better than what they have now. That's for damn sure. And, look, it's not about, like, like I, I get that everybody's already trying to, like, push Brooklyn as, like, the new Warriors in the sense of, like, oh, but you got to worry about them. And it's, I just don't think it's that simple. And I think we found that out with the Warriors, too. And I don't mm-hmm. think the, the Nets are the Warriors yet. Like, I think, you know, even though I've already said that I think they're going to win the title, I don't think they're unbeatable. And I think they've shown you that, like, this clearly flawed but very good Milwaukee team is having a really hard time with this team that's – that's uh, and Brooklyn is, like – They've got holes all around. Yeah. Right. So I just think, you know, you got to feel the best team and do the best thing you got. Cause what are you going to tell Jimmy? We're going to keep delaying this over and over again. Like now is the time to strike and just, yeah. they really got to hit, man. They, they got to hit with those pieces around the, the two that you try to add or whatever. I mean, they're going to add a big. I mean, they'll add, they'll add a, a functional big, right? They probably keep Ariza. I, I guess the other question we didn't dive keep into Devin, is. Man. Does this then Deadman too? Does this even make sense? Uh, th- does it make sense if you're giving up here on Robinson to maybe cycle back with Kendrick Nunn if the money's right? Yeah, because you can match everything. I mean, as long as you stay below the hard cap, that'll be the balancing act that you have to do. So you're gonna fill out a lot of the roster with minimum guys, like and 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 rookie players and undrafted guys, like mm. so everyone should get ready for that in the event they make some kind kind of move like this. But that will be an indication you have a top heavy roster. And I think Heat fans like top heavy rosters if you think, think back. So Pat Riley likes top heavy rosters. You don't trade <laughs> in depth in a COVID season, but next season's not a COVID season. All right, Alex Toledo. Travel the blanket, Greg Sylvander, Greg Sylvander, and I have my Twitter account back. So I'm I'm switched back from Ethan J. Skolnick to Five Reasons Sports. Thank you, Twitter. I'm not three years old anymore. Much appreciated. Get yourself a Biscayne Bay Brew. Feel the Heat is live next on the Five Reasons channel. That's Michael. That's a lot. Don't miss it. They're doing culture talk. Culture. Culture talk. Have a good night.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.